Hey to all my Florida Live music fans, make sure to head to Ocala on June 25th where I'll be playing a free hour-long outdoor concert opening for Thomas McCleary from the world-famous Commodores. This event is the grand finale of the Levitt Amp Ocala Music Series, and it'll take place at Webb Field at the Martin Luther King Jr. Recreation Complex located at 1510 Northwest 4th Street. All kicks off at 7 p.m. Hope to see you there. Hey, I'm Solomon J, and welcome to Beyond Mediocre, where I get to sit and talk with creative professionals about what they are doing to push beyond mediocre. Uh, today, we have a very special guest. I'm here at Marshall Ellis Dance Studio with the man himself, Marshall Ellis. Thank Tell so the people at home how you got into performance. Performance, well, well I started <laughs> dance when I was six years old, so uh, I started dancing at an early age. Uh, I, I started dancing in Alabama, which is a challenge in itself as a male dancer. Yeah. Um, so when I was age 15, I decided to switch over to uh, ballet and like chose that as a career path. But that's kind of how I got into it, it's just because I love being uh, in front of people. That's cool, that's cool. So we, we usually have um, musicians and singers, but I thought it would be very cool for a number of reasons that we will get to at the end of this to have this man here who has, who's making himself a pinnacle, kind of an icon uh, in Orlando as a choreographer. And so I would like to know what, what caused you to start this uh, Marshall Ellis Dance Company, ME Dance? Yeah, so ME Dance was founded in 2011. Uh, my goal and mission was to help local artists, dancers specific, to be able to do their profession at its fullest. You know, a lot of dancers here locally, you know, at that time was working in theme parks, kind of do the daily grind. They weren't really uh, challenged artistically. They're, you know, that was trying to build another outlet for them to be able to create or have that fulfillment for them as artists. So in 2011, I was currently with Cirque du Soleil, uh, and I was like thinking of other things, like what other options could I do? You know, like how can I help? So I decided to form uh, Me Dance, which is a 513C charity, and then now that's kind of evolved into a theater space, two dance schools, and a dance company. So that's how. I that's awesome, man. I, I just I think that's really cool, and I, I know a lot of um, a lot of other artists can relate to that kind of thing. I know myself; it's one of those things I talk to my wife about a lot. That that idea of yes, I'm grateful to be performing in any capacity, especially you know before this year when things were really booming. But I at one point I think probably from 2015, 2016 around that time, I was doing 70% weddings and nightclubs. And, you know, the other percentage was the stuff that was a nice kind of creative outlet. Right. And I'm not a person who spends a whole lot of time diving into radio music and like those top 40 hits. Right. And it was the bulk of what I was singing. Yep. And so it's just it's nice to have some of those other outlets where you can do something that feels a bit more creatively fulfilling. I agree with that 100 percent. Yeah, man. I, so I get it. So I'm. I know that you guys have, have still been having shows, even though this um, we're gonna miss Christmas. It's getting pretty close to Christmas right now, which I probably shouldn't talk about, but I'm gonna do what I wanna do. Uh, and we'll be airing this after the fact. Right. But I think it's amazing that in the midst of what's been going on in 2020, you guys have still been having shows and still plan to, in a certain kind of capacity, into 2021. You were talking about some of the safety standards yes. and how you've been accommodating that. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, of course. As artists, I, I, I feel like there's a way we can adapt. You know, we can always survive. There's always a way, I feel like. I feel like there's nothing 
should be limiting us. So we definitely thought outside the box, how do we be safe, how do we still create, and what can we do? Uh, so since we were, you know, obviously had to shut down back in March, we we did a lot of virtual. So we did a lot of virtual rehearsals. We did. We also have a Me Performing Arts, which is a theater company. It's a youth ensemble company. And so we did all that virtually. So we rehearsed virtually, and then as soon as we were able to open the doors, we opened up to only family, and we still produce shows for the kids. So we were able to do that. Now, as the limitations or phases were uh, released for our state, we were able to obviously host other functions in our theater. Um, so since then, we've been able to hold at least 40 patrons in the house, uh, hand washing, temperature checks, you know, before you enter the space, yes. but at the same time, we're still creating. So us personally, we've been able to produce a few of our work. We lost a few shows for our professional company, but our youth ensemble companies, because we were able to start with the families only to be able to watch, and then expand it to other public viewings. So that's how we've been able to grow with this process of trying to get back and get, get back to the no new normal, I guess. Yeah. I I love that, especially especially for the sake of the kids' productions and that kind of thing. Because I uh, there's a program that since I guess maybe for the last twelve or thirteen years, off and on, I've helped teach out in the summers in Santa Barbara, California, and you immediately like people immediately think, oh, you know, what, what kind of outreach program could you possibly be teaching in a place like Santa Barbara where everyone has money? It's just not the case, <laughs> you know? Like so many stories, there's this side of the train tracks and that side of the train tracks. And it was this kind of program that was bridging the gap and meeting some of the, some of the students and families where they are creatively, don't necessarily have the money for those kinds of arts classes and things like that and we would have musical theater summer camp for the whole community and it's a really it's a really cool thing it, it gives kids something to do to keep them out of trouble for one thing and that that matters especially in a time like now when kids are like i don't know what's going on and it's it's probably a harder toll on them than it is even for adults who find ourselves strapped for cash we have had like myself 30 some odd years of, you know, being all right to think back on. <laughs> and for kids, everything's a lot more confusing. It is definitely confusing. It gives them definitely an outlet and something to look forward to because I think staying at home with everything being virtual is kind of like depressing for them. So being able to like somewhat socialize with a, you know, a group of kids and being out and something to refocus their, their energies and their minds to creatively, I think it helped them a ton during this time. That's cool. So it made me very happy. <laughs> That's, that's really cool, and being able to, to do it in a way where, you know, everyone still feels, feels like things are being done, keeping the cleanliness standards. That, I mean, it is a thing that matters, you know. Washing your hands after going to the bathroom, that kind of thing. I've, I've personally had a problem with people not doing that for a very long time. That's got nothing to do with 2020. There are just certain things that it, it makes it a little more comfortable COVID aside. Yeah, I'm, I'm a hand washer. Like, my wife used to make fun of me because I wash my hands so much. Yeah. I'm like, no, I was preparing for today. <laughs> so I'm, a, I'm, very, I'm used to it, you know. But you're right. To that point, I'm, I'm happy to see more people washing their hands. It kind of makes me feel like I'm not as crazy as I was before. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, oh, well, maybe I might be more inclined to shake a hand. Exactly. <laughs> so um, normally at the, uh, at the end of these kind of a things that, I, that I've been doing, I will perform a duet but this is a little unorthodox, we're not doing it that way. But the reason being is a few years back, I wrote a song for a group called The Edge Effect, 
and I wrote it as a duet uh, that ended up being performed between myself and another singer named Shoshana Bean with the Edge Effect singing these really epic backing vocals. And Emmy Dance Company did a, uh, a ballet piece to the song called Monsters. Uh, can you talk a bit about yeah. the why? So, uh, <laughs> Back when I was, I didn't have my stage yet. I was uh, working with Danny Allen, or I met him, you know, through Edge Effect. We did some, you know, work with you all, um, lighting and video stuff. Mm -hmm. This was like, okay, this is what I'm doing. I have a company. I'm producing these works. And at that time, we were a few years old. Uh, but then I said, you know, we're we're building a theater. And he thought, you know, it's crazy. But at the same time, like I was like, I was looking for material what we could use for the opening of our theater. So Monsters actually premiered. That was the first thing that was actually performed in this space, which is kind of unique. And so I don't know. That's cool. I had to like uh, go back and look at some old emails and like you know our threads, and, and I kept you know reaching out to you say, hey, you know we had to push back the date. Oh, we had to push back the date. It's because you know contractors, you know like permitting, it just takes forever. So yeah. eight months later, we we're able to like, get the theater open. But anyways, that that piece actually premiered here opening day. So that was the very first thing that actually that's cool opened in here. Yeah, I actually I didn't know that. So that's a little, little <laughs> I didn't little know that. Bit, yeah. But I love the work. I think the music's great. I think the lyrics are awesome. Like you can go with many different directions, either being like uh, relationship-wise, you know, or it could be self-conflict within, like your internal thoughts. And at that time, opening a theater was very scary. You know, it's got it's like the what well, Orlando definitely needs a smaller venue, like or for other organizations like myself to create. Yeah. And so that was like my mission. It wasn't just for me, but it was literally for Orlando, sort of for the community. So getting rid of those fears and those anxieties of opening a space was, it kind of resonated with me. I kind of went with both literal and, you know, and figuratively with the piece, you know, I had a male kind of going between two female dancers of like, you know, choosing conflict, you know, or, or thinking like, you know, where's your guidance? So they gave a literal stance for the audience, but at the same time for me, it meant more of like that internal battle of like, hopefully I'm choosing the right thing for my, my future. And so far, knock on wood, it's, we're still here, so. That's awesome, man. Well, thank you. I, ha I have one last question for you. Okay. Um, do you fly in your dreams? And if so, how does it happen? I don't fly. I actually turn. So as a, as a dancer, it's feeling that rotation. I, I speak to my students all the time. Pyramus is a sensation. So once you find that feeling of like that rotation, you don't forget it. So I typically turn in my dreams, not fall. Interesting. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Everybody has such a different interpretation of that. I just we ended up down this rabbit hole, uh, my wife and I, just a couple weeks ago, and I asked her because it came up in a TV show that we were watching. I think maybe The Magicians on yeah. Sci-Fi or something yeah, yeah. like that. And I was like, "Huh? How do you fly in your dreams?" And it turned out that it was the same thing, and we were so bored that night. And so then I was like, oh, you know, let me text my mom. I'm curious. Yeah. Ah, let me text my brother. You know, I'll just text the whole family thread. Yeah. And then she did the same, and just seeing what answers were the same and which ones were different. It's like, this is so weird. That is weird. You know, so very fascinating. Thank you again, Mason, to have you. And I'm looking forward to seeing the things that you end up doing more and more with the company. I personally plan, and I, I sincerely mean this, to come out and attend some of the shows that you guys are having. I'm looking forward to it. And I have a couple of side projects that I may want to be talking to you about um, awesome. as far as collaborating and some of that. I'm here. I'm so ready. thank you again, man. No, I appreciate it. Thank you for coming. All right. Let's hear some music.
my love light broken For sure a time or two I'm used to hesitating There's just something about you It's not that I don't trust you It's just the devil inside It's always in the details The reason I'm left crying I'll kill the monsters under your bed If you kill the monsters in my head When we've killed the monsters We'll own the night instead Thanks so much for hanging out with us today. If you want to hear more stories like these, please click subscribe and the notification bell to stay in the loop. Also, make sure to check out Marshall Ellis and all of his amazing productions at MarshallEllisDanceSchool.com. For more information, please check us out on the web at BeyondMediocre.Buzzsprout.com or YouTube.com slash SolomonJ. Hey, friends and more friends, if you want to hear more information or see more details about the artists we have on the show, 
make sure to visit beyondmediocre.buzzsprout.com and you can also check out the video versions which always have more details available on YouTube. If you want to hear more of my stuff, just type my name Solomon J into your favorite music listening application or visit www.solomonj.com.